The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services unveiled proposed changes in July that would require healthcare price data to be standardized across hospitals in a further effort to make this pricing data more transparent and enforce greater compliance. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, September 25th. Thank you so much for joining us. Since the hospital price transparency rule went into effect in January 2021, hospitals have been required to post the cash prices for services they provide in two ways. A comprehensive machine-readable file with all items and services, as well as a display of shoppable services in a consumer-friendly format. Hospitals that don't comply face civil monetary penalties from CMS. However, not all of them have posted this information, and the level of compliance varies widely across organizations. Similarly, health insurers, through the Insurer Price Transparency Rule, are also required to publish machine-readable files containing in-network negotiated prices for specific healthcare services, as well as out-of-network charges and allowed rates. On January 1st, of this year, payers were required to provide members in both fully and self-insured plans with online price estimation and comparison tools for 500 designated services. On today's episode, we listen to my conversation with Chris Severn, CEO of Turquoise Health, a healthcare data platform and research group that monitors healthcare prices and publishes data sets. It also aggregates those prices into a consumer-friendly format. As a note, to our listeners, Chris and I spoke in early August as congressional lawmakers were weighing competing bills to further strengthen healthcare price transparency, not just for hospitals, but for health insurers and pharmacy benefit managers. Earlier this month, House Resolution 5378, known as the Lower Costs More Transparency Act, was released out of committee and was set for a vote on the House floor. However, it was pulled from a scheduled vote last week. We're monitoring that story and will provide more information in our daily news episodes once it becomes available. Now, here's our conversation. Before we get to the proposed changes from CMS, um, how compliant have hospitals been since the hospital price transparency rule went into effect? So we're over two and a half years in now. And in the early days, not that many hospitals published files. That changed pretty quickly in 2021 when CMS increased the fines. And now we've seen, you know, you use the word compliance. Um, The only real arbitration of this number was published by CMS in a health affairs article in February of 2023, where they said our assessment of compliance is that most hospitals, I think they said 70% seem to be posting an appropriate machine-readable file and patient estimate tool. Until then, CMS had been mostly quiet and we had, you know, nonprofits kind of weighing in on how many hospitals had posted, Turquoise posted a transparency score. And so, you know, the most accurate thing would be, it looks like CMS thinks about 70, 70% of hospitals as of February, 2023. And health insurers are also mandated to provide transparent pricing. Uh, what have we seen so far from payers? Health insurers were required to join the party July 1st of 2022. And the big reminder here is they were required to publish negotiated rates, not just for hospitals, but all items and services 
short of pharmacy, Part D. And health insurers inferred that the penalties would be much higher for noncompliance. And so we saw insurers come out of the gates last summer very strong. So mostly we saw the majority of insurers publish. And then since then, we've seen the data be further refined, be more accurate, more complete, easier to ingest. And so it's more been a maturation, but most insurers came out with um, meaningful compliance right out of the gates. Since those mandates went into effect, uh, what impacts have we seen so far? Well, first of all, Turquoise talks about this as macroeconomic and microeconomic. So the regional macroeconomic impacts, we could speak from our perspective. We have over 140 organizations using this data at the macroeconomic level. They may be using it in payer provider negotiations. We've got dozens and dozens of health systems working with the data. I know that dozens and dozens of payers are working with the data. And so this is making its way, starting at the top down, B2B payer provider negotiations. And now we're starting to see in 2023, employers woke up. So a lot of the large employer consultants and some of the large employers themselves are starting to bring price transparency data into their discount analyses, their carrier comparisons, their conversations with employers. So as the data works its way down, the healthcare transaction stakeholder chain, you know, we start to reach the consumer. We start to reach the referring provider. Um, and some of those microeconomic impacts are just starting to pick up as the data is getting more complete and more trustworthy. This is an ever-evolving issue. Uh, so let's talk about those proposed changes that CMS released in July. Uh, they would go into effect next year if they're ultimately finalized. So what were some of your immediate takeaways from those proposed changes? So if we back up a little bit, the story of price transparency data since 2021 is in three parts. Number one is what we call coverage. How many hospitals how many payers publish data? What's the coverage in California and Texas? That, as we mentioned, has mostly been solved as more hospitals and payers have come online. Part two, act two, is access. Wow, this is a lot of data. I don't have a bunch of engineers. How the heck do I access all this new transparency data? That's mostly solved now, too. Turquoise and a lot of other companies have figured out how to make this data pretty point and click. So now we're in the era of trust. How do we? as a health system, how do we as a payer or we as consumers trust the data? And that's what this proposed rule really starts to address. For the first time now, hospitals will have a required standard set of columns and field definitions that they have to abide by. What that, that means is that this data will be cleaner and you can corroborate it against the payer data more easily. And if you think of this double-blind study of payer said this, provider said this. When those rates align, that's a pretty trustworthy data point. And so to me, that's the biggest um, the biggest piece that came out of the rule was this new schema requirement, which we could go into more details, but that's it. Yeah, let's dive further into those schema requirements. Uh, can you tell me more about the proposed standardizations? Yeah, so why does um, why do these schema standards matter. CMS has acknowledged now, after years of comments on this law, that 
especially hospital pricing, but healthcare pricing in general is not as simple as like a menu at a restaurant. Really behind the scenes are some packaged items and services, but a whole lot of formulas. And if this, then that, how many charges are on the claim, very bespoke and counter-specific formulas. And what CMS does by now requiring these standard column definitions is they introduce the payment methodology into the publication from hospitals. And they actually go out of their way for two pages in the proposed rule to talk about the patient's right to choose and the employer's right to choose, the purchaser's right to choose between price certainty and price estimation. And so, you know, the government, I think, showed their cards that they're growing impatient with the excuse that, hey, healthcare pricing is complex. It really depends. CMS is definitely um, using sunlight as the best disinfectant saying, well, if we show how messy the reimbursement methodologies are, maybe the industry will gravitate, patients will gravitate and demand more upfront, simple pricing methodologies. One of the things that stood out as I read more about this was a big focus uh, for CMS on all of this being ultimately more consumer friendly. Uh, you've touched on the fact that this information is more accessible than it used to be, but we're not fully accessible yet. So one thing I'm curious about is getting it to that point, getting to that standardized schema, which should ultimately benefit employers, consumers, et cetera, hopefully, what sort of lift is going to have to happen? And how long do you think it will ultimately take for this to become truly accessible? So you really have these two ends of the spectrum. The machine-readable file requirement is not it's not consumer-friendly. It's not intended to be consumer friendly. What they're doing in this proposed rule is they're actually making the machine readable file more industry friendly. It's easier for turquoise and researchers and academics and press to go access this machine readable file, you know, a couple of data scientists in a garage. The consumer friendliness really is addressed in the No Surprises Act. And there's an interesting footnote at the end of the proposed rule where CMS admits that they're trying to reconcile some of the consumer friendliness in the No Surprises Act with what's going on in the hospital price transparency rule. And even across the aisle with the payer price transparency rule, CMS is saying, how do we really align these three different laws where we're looking at the same consumer experience? And so, you know, one of the limitations is how do we package these items and services in the machine readable file. You know, the the analogy we always give is the items and services are shown at the lettuce, pickle, tomato, bun level. How do we actually show it as a burger? And how do you allow patients to compare burgers across burger joints, right? And so CMS leaves that as an open comment saying in the proposed rule, they they ask for comments on No Surprises Act, marrying the two together, if there's room in the industry for a standard set of shoppable services, which Turquoise and a bunch of other folks are working on right now, an open source of, or an open source library of service packages, how do we communicate the, the burger to the patient and abstract away the complex math and charges behind the scenes? And until we do that, which is a combination of technical innovation, payer and hospital adoption, and just further rulemaking, 
until we do that, I think you're still you still have a bit of a gap until that you get that optimal consumer experience. So we already have the No Surprises Act and the hospital price transparency rule. And we have legislation being considered in Congress that would further price transparency efforts. But looking forward outside of these, do you think that there are further steps that can be taken either at the legislative level or at the regulatory level that guarantees that price transparency isn't a novel idea, but really the norm? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I testified earlier this year, the next step that I was, you know, really hankering for was standards for the hospital data. And now that that's come out, it's like, okay, what do we ask for next, right? Um, really, the next big piece, if you want this to impact consumers and become the norm where consumers know the upfront guaranteed price of healthcare, is we need effective dates for the pieces of no surprises that package estimates together. So, you know, I gave the analogy of the burger uh, analogy, lettuce, pickle, tomatoes. Sometimes those ingredients come from the facility, they come from the medical group, the anesthesiologist. How do you package those together? And how do you make sure that upfront estimate can be guaranteed to the patient? And right now, there are stipulations in the No Surprises Act that paved the way for that. The package good faith estimate the advanced DOB, a requirement that the good faith estimate has to be within $400 of the resulting actual uh, encounter. Those are really interesting, somewhat burdensome, but transformative requirements that create a really strong consumer financial experience. And it gets the industry to say, hey, how do we actually underwrite an accurate, real-time upfront encounter? I think that's where this needs to go. And so my simple ask is, choose an enforcement date for the existing provisions, no surprises. So this is a podcast that largely focuses on healthcare providers and hospitals. And broadly speaking, the reaction from some may be that this is just yet another thing that they have to do to meet various governmental requirements. But I'm curious from your perspective, uh, do you think in the long term that this could benefit health systems? And if so, how? Yeah, I mean, how could this benefit providers? Nobody likes dealing with patient disputes, high call volumes, denials, underpayments, the admin side of the house that is a result of these leaky formulaic algebraic contracts. If we had you know, speaking from the provider perspective, if you had happy patients with positive financial experiences paying you promptly from payers who also release payment promptly, uh, no monkey business, I think that's a, that's a big win. And pushing for standardization of the transaction, standardization of reimbursement methodology is ultimately a good thing for providers, albeit very uncomfortable and burdensome from, from the start. As we wrap up our conversation, what questions do you think hospital or system executives should be asking and investigating around price transparency? We always talk about the themes of, are you playing offense or defense, and the theme of inevitability. So it's inevitable that if these prices become transparent, you know, maybe you're really high in the market. Maybe your value proposition when all of this is transparent is somewhat off. Um, and so just being real with your team to say, how do we look in the market? Um, 
both to consumers and to payers. Also, let's look at our contracts. How do our contracts stack up from a complexity point of view? Are we all percent of charge where it is so hard for us to give an accurate upfront price to a patient? Um, or are we at least moving towards bundled or case rate fee schedule driven contracts where it's easier to provide an, an accurate upfront estimate? Because this will remain burdensome for providers and a thorn in your side if you don't ask those questions from the start. That was Chris Severn, CEO of Turquoise Health, a research and data company that monitors and aggregates hospital prices. He joined me to talk more about CMS's proposed updates to price transparency rules for hospitals for 2024, as well as the current state of compliance among hospitals and health insurers. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jake Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.